you need to once in a while stop and say, what are we doing? Yeah, and why are we doing yeah, why? Why again? <laughs> no, but that is so important, and people forget yeah. that because if you stop for a bit and then list the responsibilities of your innovation lab, so what is your lab responsible for, right? Then, if you ask yourself why are you responsible for it, that's really important because when is your innovation lab successful? And how are we going to measure that? If you don't know why you're doing it, you're also not able to be able to measure that. So. When is it successful? When the CEO thinks you have educated everyone or when you actually brought a venture to to scale? Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Glad you could join me again. I hope you're having a great week out there and you're easing into summer if you're uh, in the Northern Hemisphere anyway. Obviously, easing into winter, I guess, if you're in Australia and happen to be listening. My guest today is Esther Hans. Esther has been on here twice already. She's, she's an entrepreneur, an international speaker, an author of a couple of books, The Corporate Startup, and a book that almost everybody loves the instant they touch it is Innovation Accounting. And she's spoken on that. So if you haven't listened to those two podcasts, go back and check them out. She's founder and CEO of a company called Ground Control. And most of all, she's a mentor, right? She helps people. She runs workshops. She's just a great all around uh, advisor of what's going on in innovation. So Esther, welcome to the show. I love that introduction, Paul. <laughs> You can you can you can take it, record it, and play it wherever you like. I will make it a sound snippet. It is you. <laughs> how are you how are you doing, Esther? I'm fine, and thanks for having me again. Yeah, you bet. Again, we're always having these nice conversations. So I guess we are. We could do loads of podcasts. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And how's things in your little corner of the world in the Netherlands? Well, we're easing into summer, as you said. The days are getting much longer, so we're, we're having sun until 10-ish today. So that's nice. Yeah. I guess you're so far north that when that the longest day hits, it's a really long day for you. Yeah. Let's celebrate that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, Esther, it's always fun to talk with you about innovation, any topic. But I'd like to just start with since it's been a while since we spoke on a podcast, what's new? What have you been seeing out there in the world of innovation? Yeah, there's a couple of things. I, I was a little skeptical, I think, last time I went on the show, right, Well, with, with corporate innovation. But but since I've see, I'm seeing a lot of patterns, but I'm also seeing that corporate innovation is actually maturing. And that's a good thing, right? So I was talking earlier about innovation labs and how they have a time frame that that seems to last only three years there's also this trend going on that corporate innovation is sort of maturing into i don't know it's not we can no longer play around with innovation but the trend is that people are saying no we have to take this thing seriously right we can no longer play around this is something that we need to embrace we need to be serious about it because the whole things that we that we kept telling ourselves were trends, like climate change, they're not trends. We cannot yes. do it. 
this is inevitable and we need to be ready. We need to stop playing around and get serious about innovation. And I really like that it is going towards that, that innovation is, is becoming a sort of a discipline almost, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It has a certification now. There's an ISO standard. I'm still trying to understand and learn about it. But I just read that Sweden is kind of one of the leaders in certifying and people working in innovation. I just read that this morning. There's an international certification in terms of ISO standard that exactly. they actually read our books for, right? So they have asked me to advise on that. But it's also that they know that they have to be broader than they should because there's a lot of things that should fall into it, which also makes it difficult to, I don't know, be, be pioneering. But it's good. It's it's maturing. We're taking it things serious. <laughs> yes, we are. And our experience has been quite fun with uh, with sustainability, where people are now really seriously including assessment of sustainability when they're thinking about new products. They start with early on, maybe scorecards or, or some kind of rough assessment of, let's say, a new idea or a new product concept where they don't know much, they don't have the facts, but at least to sort out products that are going to be better at sustainability. And then as they move through the process where you can start to get quantitative data, they're putting that in as part of their, their governance framework, which is, is exciting to see. It is, right? And, and there's companies taking that further. So where most companies would prioritize in terms of new venture building, because that's my expertise mostly, right? On market share, market size, or probable opportunity, right? Right now, they're looking at it through the lens of sustainability. So tons of CO2 reduced, and they're prioritizing their their innovation ventures, so their 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 efforts based on on that perspective rather than the opportunity in terms of market size. And I think that is the most amazing it is. thing that I've seen so far. Yeah. <laughs> there have been people trying to solve this innovation or this sustainability need for a while. We certainly have the fact that consumers and people and governments are putting more emphasis on it. But I think to your point of innovation maturing is also part of it, right? So now, now we may be at a point where we can, we can have that kind of framework and, and consider it as part of our strategies. Whereas maybe before when we really didn't know how we were doing innovation, it was a little harder, right? Yeah, it was a little harder, but I think it's it's whole part of the learning process, right? So, so for me, looking at looking at it from a distance, where where you were maybe already trying to teach people how to do it, they have to go through certain steps, and it's it's quite natural that at first you you think maybe we all should be innovators within a company, and then innovation becomes something that is really big and and contains or or entails everything you have to learn how to make that work and then you realize okay that doesn't work right yeah right <laughs> yeah and uh yeah and then and learn from that and then and then understand what does work right okay maybe we should we should define what kinds of types of innovation we have what kind of options do we have if we look at these types of innovation and based on these options what kind of vehicles can we use to 
to reach the goal that we want to use and what kind of methodology fits that vehicle and then and then make that into functions that that actually live within the ecosystem of your entire company and i think that that it's logical that it will take a longer time right <laughs> it is a learning thing sometimes people can't figure out how to deal with it until they learn until they try until they make some mistakes right if you never start down the path you're never going to get good at it no you need you need perspective right you need to have gone through certain things to be able to see certain things i know that tendai vigi my my co-author once explained it to to people that said yeah but doesn't innovation need to be be something that the whole company can do right everybody needs to be able to do innovation and he was going like yeah maybe but have you thought about the fact that if you want to do venture building within a company that that is something that is a specialist job right have you ever thought about the fact that this is a discipline that you need to have skills for you're not you're not taking marketing as such, right? You're not saying, well, you've taught us all about marketing and now everybody in the company knows how to do marketing, right? Yeah. We all have to be able to do marketing. <laughs> no, because you have specialists that know how to do it, that know how to reach out to, to what kind of people. And I think we need to think about innovation in the same way. So do you need an innovation lab or do you need an official division or function that specializes in the discipline of new market and new business model finding, right? So, so we need to sort of reframe what we know about innovation and, and that takes, takes time. You need to change your perspective. You need to understand the different nuances and, and, and the risk related to each of these different nuances. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I've talked to several people that have, their labs aren't working. The concept, they tried this, this innovation lab, this innovation venture, and they've, they've struggled, right? And I think you've been, right. you've been really focusing on that. So, uh, I mean, why? Why do you think that is? Yeah, it's, the struggling is, is a trend, right? Before we go into the why a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. See this, is, is, I see this pattern of innovation labs surviving for all of three years. And then they disappear. Yeah, it's a, it's a three-year thing. And then some of them re-emerge because of some leader that said, we're going to try it in a different way. Now, now it's not going to be a lab situated here, but let's do a lab situated elsewhere or, I don't know, distributed among people, stuff like that. But it's three years usually. And then, and then it disappears. And sometimes it never comes back. And sometimes it's a retry. Uh, and there's but there's several reasons, and I've collected um, I've collected quotes by companies that I talk to oh, that, nice. that, <laughs> over time, and that's how I come up with the, with the three years thing, right? It's actually a yeah. pattern, and 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 that it's different. It seems like it's different things, but if you look at the why behind the why, you know the the five times why, the root cause analysis, it's usually the the same thing, but. Let's start on the quotes a little first. Yeah, this will be fun. <laughs> right? So there was this big, huge logistic company that actually had a quite a good functioning innovation lab, really. And at some point, just out of the blue, the CEO said at the table, I think we have enough projects now 
who else needs more projects? And then they simply disbanded the wow. Innovation Lab. Uh, <laughs> it's a nice one. Well, um, yeah, but right. <laughs> yeah, it could be it could be a real good reason, right? So so logistics is a business that that does is doing well because of, of all of the things happening in the world. Packages are actually a thriving business. So the question is maybe they really did have enough projects and was there a real need for new business models maybe not right so there's you have to look you always have to look behind what's really going on so why did they have the lab in the first place and there's other ones like that there's another quote quote from a financial institution that we work with or that i've spoken to i can't remember and they were saying yeah now that we all know how to innovate we no longer need the lab, right? We all know how to innovate. It's it's like the, the agile yeah. transformation where you hire the coaches, <laughs> transform everyone to working agile, and then you're done. You're finished. It's done. It's you can tick off that box. When you hear that, what do you think? What do you think when you hear that? I know it's going through my mind. I don't think we're ever done. For me, it's 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 quite no, of course not. But that's. But that's at the heart of why all these innovation labs actually actually stop. Because why? What was the purpose of that innovation lab in the first place? Right? Was it right. to actual? Because because most innovation managers that are hired to set up an innovation lab, they know they they are pretty adamant that they want to find new business models that work, or at least look at new risky markets for the for the service or new technologies that that company is building. But for the for the board, it's not always that evident, right? So they they have this 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 notion of innovation and and parts of it is always culture. It's always we need to have that methodology. We need to have a new way of working. And then they want to apply it to the whole organization. So then all of a sudden the goal of the innovation lab no longer is we want to churn out new ventures also because that takes time right it's not going to happen in that first three years so all that you see coming out of that innovation lab as soon as you ask them to also educate the rest of their organization is workshops educating the rest of the organization and, and as and if you are going to measure the innovation lab by that kind of output then it's it's quite normal that after some time you think like well we've educated everything what's yeah we're done what else is there to do do they start with that okay you know what we're going to make an innovation lab to teach everybody or do they start with the pure intent of what an innovation lab might be and then they I don't know, they're not receiving, achieving results fast enough, or they don't have enough to do, or I'm just wondering how it, how it shifts from that over to a training function and then we're done. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's, the, it's the word innovation that is associated with so many things in, yeah. in the heads of people. And if you don't define that really, really narrowly, as, as to why are we doing this innovation? Why do we have an innovation lab? Is the, is the function, is, is it a function? Is it a discipline to help build new ventures, right? Or is it the lab that we put everything in because we don't know how else to do innovation? And we don't know exactly what we need. We need something with culture. We might need some digitalization, new apps, because we were behind on that. And as soon as you stuff everything into that lab, 
then you have a problem because the whole reason why we thought we needed innovation labs was because that whole risky business of new venture building was competing with the processes of the current business, right? Exactly. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> trying to trying to root 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 out risk by the <laughs> because that's so dangerous. And, and if you put everything in that lab again, including digitalization, then immediately that will compete with long-term risky innovation. And that means everything that has quick ROI, everything that you can have some sort of prediction on will be prioritized over anything else. So that will immediately then become the output and everything else will be judged by that output. So that will never work. Like one of the airlines, that the Dutch airline that we worked for that said, yeah, we have these amazing ideas that we that we put in a, into our innovation lab, which at that point basically was a lab that helped digitizing all of their processes. So they build apps to be able to talk to their ground personnel, stuff like that. And they said, we have these amazing ideas to build on top of all of the data that we're collecting, but they just don't fly, right? Nice thing to say if you're a... That was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> and, and, the reason, and the reason, if you look deeper is is exactly that they were a lab that were mainly focusing on digitizing their current processes right optimizing their current processes through apps even and if you then want to build on top of that new business models then that would never work because they're they're still in that old process in that old business so it will never be prioritized over everything else so you're smashing down your your innovation basically I think it's you know you get you get some smart forward thinking people you put them in the lab and then you say hey these are really smart forward thinking people how can they make our our core innovation better right and all of a sudden they get distracted from from the new stuff right that's seen that the other one i've seen is some of these groups get established and at some point they need the resources from the other part of the business, right? They maybe need manufacturing resources or testing resources, QA resources. And all of a sudden, those resources are no longer dedicated to the, to the venture, right? They're, they're a shared resource and they have different priorities, right? So if you want to maybe run a, a test or a manufacturing line, you're competing back again against the core innovation. And it's like, well, get in line and you're back to the leader of the manufacturing group trying to balance that person's portfolio of all the work that they have. And it's like, well, I, I have to get this product out the door and it's got the ROI we need tomorrow and your thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the thing is, it's not a bad thing that these processes are there, right? Correct. You don't want to root them out and change the whole process because of that one venture. So if you treat it one venture by one friend venture, that won't ever happen. But then if you build a function, a discipline that is focused around new venture building, then you can say, well, the goal is to churn out uh, or to de-risk new business models so that we can find some that maybe later on will replace or add to the current business models. Then all of a sudden for that function, it would make sense to build a sandbox saying, hey, but we might need to be working with the core business. Let's 
find some people that know how to do this and, and have some separate rules whenever you're dealing with our discipline, our function, right? So we have this rule book, how to deal with that function. And I think if we're, we're going to start to treat it like that as a serious thing, as a separate function, but then define what that function does, mainly de-risking new business models, de-risking risky markets with new technology, then it makes so much more sense than if you just say, well, we're doing some innovation in an innovation lab, right? So, so why? Why are you doing it, right? There are goals. How are you going to measure if it's success or not? How, how does it contribute to what you want to achieve as a business? And how does it relate to your strategy? So I think we've come a far way to, to, to that last step, to take that last step, to turn that innovation lab into a discipline. Yeah, yeah. And you said it, you said it more than once, and it's, it's so true. It's why, right? Yeah. And then... <laughs> seems so simple, but right? It's, it's not. Specific. It's not. And you no. forget about why. It's easy when you kind of, you have your sharp why, you have your North Star or whatever you want to call it. You know, you know, you know what you're doing. And then you don't kind of assess the incoming distractions, incoming things that are going to be different against that mission, against that why. You, you don't do that. I see companies don't do that. They just take it in and they kind of drift away from the why. They don't know the drift. Yeah, but that's also quite logical because if you're if you're working within the processes of that organization and they're asking you to do something, then it's easy to just go along with it and say, maybe we should add this or add that, right? And then if nobody asks why, then it's going to muddle the water until it's, I don't know, soup. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then it becomes... I don't know, the lab that teaches everyone how to do lean startup. And, and that's one that I've heard so often that whenever I bring up lean startup, which is a necessity, if you really want to de-risk business models, then, then doing lean startup is one of the ways to actually de-risk in a structured way. But for a lot of corporates, they actually say to me, no, we've tried that. It doesn't work for us. But then if you ask them why or why not in this case, right? What they did is take their methodology and then teach it to the whole organization. But Lean Startup doesn't make you a startup or a venture. No, it, 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 it can obviously help you a lot if you apply it to your core business because it makes you more client friendly, more client focused. It helps, yeah, you, solve, true. helps you solve little problems and, and and actually make something that your customers want, but it doesn't make you a startup or it doesn't make you a new venture. But if you look at the other way around, Lean Startup is a crucial methodology to be able to de-risk new business models. Exactly. So it's not a bad thing to apply it to the whole organization. It's just that it's not meant, it's the other way around. Yeah, right? so, yeah. and you need to know the intent of Lean Startup, right? You need to know exactly. the intent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and where you're applying it. Oh, this is super. So just shifting topics a little bit, I think you were at the Innovators Conference in Lisbon, weren't you? Tell me about that. That was, it was so nice to be there because that was a reunion for us as authors, so Tendai Vicky and, and then Toma, my co-authors of the wow. corporate startup. I think it was the first time in four years that we actually saw each other again. And the book's nice. out for six years right now, yeah. still strong. <laughs> so that was, that was amazing, actually, that 
there were all three of us at the conference and we all addressed the same kind of topic so innovation accounting if you if you want to do that that's fine but it only is applicable to new venture building have and to de-risking that business model right so you need accounting for all other kinds of innovation, that's right. innovation accounting specifically for so that's what then was addressing i was actually talking about what we talked about here right so yeah. these innovation labs how do you actually set them up for success yeah and then and then tendai was addressing the fact that innovation should be a discipline within your organization so i think that that come that sort of summarizes what we were talking about yeah earlier yeah. right right so the three authors each kind of taking a different a different kind of angle into the subject which is also how we started because and then came from working with corporates tenai came from working with Pearson in, in terms of theory and consulting. And I came from the background of working with startups. So I think it fits with intuiting so far. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> what else? What were you hearing at the conference? What, what, are, what are people, the attendees, focusing on? What type of issues are they uh, struggling with? Maybe is the wrong word, but, but kind of where their attention is focused. Yeah, it depends on the innovation maturity of a company for sure, right? So... You see these companies that actually started nodding when we were saying it should be a discipline. We should stop playing around and actually make it into something really serious. If you want to do new venture building, if you want to do innovation, make sure that you're serious about it, commit to it, invest in it. They were actually looking for the obvious, obvious things like how can we structure how people are working? Right. So how can we make that into a discipline so that even the way working is, is structured as a discipline? And how can we then measure success? Right. So that's innovation accounting, basically. Yeah. But there were also a lot of people that still are trying to match uh, stakeholders, because I think that is always for mm. corporates the biggest struggle. So we, so with every step you take in, in innovation maturity, there's a new layer of stakeholders that you need to deal with. And sometimes that feels like you're going around in circles because you have to do the same thing again, but then a level higher up. Right, right, right yeah. <laughs> so I think the, mo the most corporates, and especially those who are trying to make it into a, a serious function within that company, for them to understand what you need in terms of knowledge or how to deal with, with stakeholders is, is, is the most important thing that they were teaching each other. So that conference is, is usually a peer. That, that's what they call it. So I'm not sure if you know the innovators conference. So it's, it's, it's geared a little bit towards how can other corporates learn from each other. And I think that is what they're looking for mostly. Like I need to understand how you dealt with your peers and your superiors to be able to set this up as a, a serious function. Did you do a presentation or a workshop or both? Or yes, so I did a I did a workshop on how to not set up your innovation lab. Oh, I bet that was fun. I bet that was yeah. fun. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Are you gonna do that again? Yeah, I think that's it's a very important it's very important to to learn to to process what you've learned, but also to address things and ask yourself why are we doing this, right? Yes, yeah. So for them to be at a, a conference where they hear 
a constant of new teachings and learnings just to, to stop for a while think about what you've learned and then ask yourself okay what are my responsibilities what do my superiors think i'm responsible for and what do they expect of me and why do they expect that is is something that helps you sort of internalize all the things that you've learned and i think it's important that we do that over and over again because also your innovation lab or your innovation function is growing right it's maturing so your process might need to change a little because your superiors learn more or expect different things so these are ongoing things that you need to be asking yourself, right? So what are my responsibilities as a lab, right? I mean, what is expected of me? What, what should be done? What is the outcome? And how do I, and how do I achieve, achieve this? Yeah. I think the idea of stopping and reflecting and thinking, if people don't do that. I, I, had a, I did a workshop not related to a, a lab, but it was just a general. I asked the audience, the, the attendees, to think about an innovation they were either working on or just completed or something. And then I took them through what I call the six W's, you know, who, what, where, when, why, how. And for each one, we had just a whole series of questions. And at the end, the attendees said, boy, it sure was nice to stop for a minute and think about these things. You know, because we all get busy, we all get moving. And I think it's the same same in any part of the innovation is you need to you need to once in a while stop and say, what are we doing? Yeah, and why are we doing it? Yeah, why? Why again? <laughs> no, but that is so important that people forget yeah. that because if you stop for a bit and then list the responsibilities of your innovation lab. So what is your lab responsible for, right? then if you ask yourself, why are you responsible for it? That's really important because when is your innovation lab successful? That's how are we going to measure that? If you don't know why you're doing it, you're also not able to be able to measure that. So when is it successful? When the CEO thinks you have educated everyone or when you actually brought a venture to, to scale? I know there's, there's, right? So that's, that's really important. It is. And if you think about as part of the lab, you were mentioning the stakeholders, right? You know, you can go through those six W's again. Well, who are the stakeholders? You know, what do we need to tell them? When do we need to tell them? Right? How are we going to tell them? Why are we? I mean, you just, you can, you can take any aspect of it, but it brings a clarity, a sharpness to help you get a better definition of, well, what's the purpose of the stakeholders, right? And how are we going to, how are we going to work with these stakeholders? And I think that's also also fits with that official function of, of innovation within the organization because any yeah, other function or division or whatever you want to call it within your organization has a description of what they're responsible for, right? And what they're not responsible for and how how it is being measured if they're doing fine or not. And Maybe over time, strategically, their function will change a little bit. They have more responsibilities or less responsibilities, but they have to think about it and change their, their team and their structure accordingly. So we need to be able, we need to start doing the same thing for our innovation function. Totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> That's fun. Boy, you know, we, we could talk for hours about this. This is so fun to talk to you. Maybe, let's do maybe, another podcast. Let's <laughs> do it. But let me ask you this, Esther, because you've always got something in, 
in the fire. What are you working on that's exciting now? Oh, we're working working on a new book, actually. Okay. Uh, Dan and I, <laughs> yeah, we're working on a new book together with, with, with third author, Diane. And she's been working on how to interact with other companies with the outside world if you're in a corporate so that new book is going to be about open innovation open innovation works great great yeah i mean i've talked to a lot we of need to add about to this ecosystem eco the word i was gonna say you stole it right out of my mouth it was just about to come out with ecosystem and there you come out with it it's true yeah. i think that'll be a great topic i think that's one that's going to be well received any idea Hopefully. when are you I'm sure writing books is hard. <laughs> it's hard, right? So so both the corporate startup and innovation accounting took us to three years, maybe, yeah. from when we started because we wanted to be practical, it need to be tested. It's not a theory that we're just dropping on the world, right? We need to be actually sure that that is something that works and that we've worked with other companies to do this. So I don't know, two years? One year? Somewhere out there. It's not It's not next yeah. month, right? It's not no. next month. No. Yeah, good. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll, it'll come out when it comes out and it'll be great when it comes out. If it's anything exactly. like the other, the other books. Yeah. And the other thing I'm working, working on right now is actually validated learning. So how do you structurally approach that risky business of, of de-risking business models, right? And I think that structure or, and how to do it. That is something that you should, you should have as a skill internally if you want to set up that official function for innovation. So how do you teach that to your, to your team, to your people? Right, right. And I think... So we're working on yeah. something around that. Yeah. And if you think about turnover in organizations and new people coming in and people going out, you know, there's, this, there's kind of an undercurrent there as well that's uh, related to that for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, no, but we're doing, doing design thinking and we're doing something else. That's fine. But you need to have at least some structured way of, of, of doing validated learning. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And that way new people can come in and they have a structure to work with, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so we're designing an online course around that as well. Nice. Nice. You've got some fun stuff. Esther, it was great talking to you, as it always is. And yes, let's do another one soon. There's there's so many topics we can talk about. I'll go take you up on that offer. <laughs> All right? Cool. So nice. Yes. Thanks for joining. Have a great, great week ahead, Esther. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And I hope you all enjoyed that. It's uh, It's always fun to talk to Esther. She's just such a knowledgeable person, great insights. We'll have all sorts of links to some of the things we talked about in the in the show notes, so please check those out. And there'll be contact information so you can get a hold of Esther and follow her and and just uh, keep track of what she's doing and, and engage with her. And if you need help, reach out to her. Take care, everybody. Have a great week ahead. Bye for now. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.